Hi, and welcome back to the Mandarin Blueprint podcast. We're on episode 53 now, and today we've got some, well, we've always got some cool stuff for you, but we've got some really nice email messages that I want to read towards the end of the podcast. For those of you who aren't sure what this is, you've just sort of stumbled upon this podcast, what we do is we mainly are focused on answering questions and comments and emails that we receive throughout the week based on mainly our one and only product, the Mandarin Blueprint Method. Now, the Mandarin Blueprint Method is, well, it's a lot of things really, but it is the fastest way of getting from zero to literacy and fluency in Chinese that exists right now. Now, it doesn't have to be, we've had a lot of interesting, uh, I kind of want to jump into one of the emails already that we've had this week, but one of the cool things that uh, our product does is that it can work completely on its own if you like. Like you can just purely use our course, or at least starting out you can, and you can really smash Chinese. You can learn how to read, you can learn how to understand, and eventually with some speaking practice you can learn how to speak, right? Very quickly. Um, but you can also use it, and it works very well as a supporting mechanism for your other learning methods. So say you're into, I don't know, uh, Chinese pot, or you have a tutor that you meet with a few times a week or you have a Chinese class you know a private class it's really good as an underlying core structure for building your foundation a solid foundation and uh, yeah as well as just a standalone thing you can just purely use it um, we have lots of different methods and techniques that we employ in this course one of the sort of the most famous ones if you like the most sort of shouhuanying uh, is like the Shouhuanying is like the most welcomed, most, most uh, favoured of our course components, I suppose, is the, the Hanzi movie method, the method that we use, that we teach rather, for learning Chinese characters. Now you can use this method to learn any Chinese character in less than a minute. Now we mean learn as in like a Chinese person, learn reading, writing, pronunciation, all at, all at the same time, using proven memory techniques of memory athletes. It's just, this stuff works, guys, and it's really fun. I'm sorry for anyone listening who's already on the course and you know all this, but I thought we should add a bit more in the beginning of these podcasts because uh, I can imagine how some people might watch it and just stumble upon them and just be like confused. What is the, what, are they, what are they talking about? What are props? What are actors? What are movie scenes? Why are they talking about making movies? Well, making movies is how we learn characters. All of these various character components, character meanings, pronunciation of characters, like the pinyin pronunciation, these are all mapped out to different different physical objects, people, places from your life that you choose. And then you knit them and weave them together to make movie scenes. And that's where we come in. And that's where also, more and more, you guys come in. The, the, we help you, we guide each other on our own ideas of how to create these, how to use your imagination to create these movie scenes. In, and add your own flavor to them. That's the important part. And I don't, I, I don't want to sit here and start talking about how amazing we are. But like I said in the last podcast, where if we are going to do that, where else are we going to do it, right? Where else is better than our own podcast? Um, the cool thing about it is everything's personal to you. And that's what makes it so fun. And because of that aspect, we learn so much from you guys every week. So I, we, we get comments and comments and comments every single week. Maybe not in the hundreds, but we get 
sometimes hundreds, but we get tens and tens every week at the time of making this uh, just on prop ideas, just on keywords. And it's just so awesome to watch because I've got to say, and Phil might, I, don't, I think Phil would also agree, I think you guys, a lot of the people on the course right now are better at using the method than we are, the guys that basically made it and the guys that presented it to you, taught you how to do it. The stuff we see you guys doing is, uh, is so impressive. And that's what, that sort of leads me on to the next thing is, which is sort of the topic of discussion over the last few months really, which is our course expansion. So again, uh, sorry if I'm repeating myself for some people that already know this, but just to go over what's, what's happening right now. So the course in its current, current form is based on teaching you 80% of the language as fast and as fun as possible. So that's reading, writing, pronunciation, everything, right? Speaking, of course, later. But first you have to learn how to read. We teach you 600 characters. And of those 600 characters, they make up 1,000 common spoken words. Well, they're also written, of course, but they're spoken. we focused on spoken um, frequency. So once you finish that, you have 80% of Chinese that you see and hear on a day-to-day -day basis under your belt. You have that foundation which you can then build on. That's These uh, thousand words or so and 600 characters are split currently into 36 levels. Now we're going to take this 36 levels and we're going to expand it by 150% over the next five months or so. So we're going to add another 900 characters and another 3,000 words. So 1,500. So in total, after we're done, there's going to be 1,500 characters and 4,000 words. Now that would easily be well over 95. I think I, I shouldn't just blur out statistics when I haven't checked, but. If I remember, 91% of the language is 1,000 words in spoken. Oh, man. No, okay. I don't want to go into that now. But anyway, it's going to be a lot, right? It's going to be a huge chunk of the language. We've also made sure that we're going to cover at least HSK4. So after finishing this expansion, this expanded version of the course, you're going to be able to pass the HSK4. Definitely. And you're going to have also a bunch of HSK5 and 6 words and characters and a bunch of words and characters or oh, a bunch of words at least that aren't even in the hsk because the hsk kind of sucks to be honest it's not exactly ideal the hsk i don't know what they use to get their word list but we always make fun of them because you know the word comrade pongzhi is in hsk3 i believe it's nonsense right but the hsk is good to have as a goal i don't want to talk too badly of it and we might, you know, I hope to work with the Confucius Institute at one point, maybe in the future. So I don't want to badmouth them too much. But we analyzed billions of Chinese characters and words. And these analysis weren't just based off of written documents like the HSK, outdated written documents at that. These are based on news stories, Weibo, uh, which is essentially Twitter, right? Tw the Chinese Twitter. Um, Weibo messages, um, movie and TV subtitles, you know what we consider to be much more real frequency. And of course, our own human judgment based on our expertise in the language. So what we're gonna do is by the time you listen to this podcast or by the time this podcast is released, we'll just be days away from level 37, the next level coming out. And then 
A week after that, we're going to level 38 and so on and so forth until we have up to level 57 out. What was it, 56? Level 57, I think. Yeah, so 20 more levels. And of course, 20 levels. So we've got, we've got double, triple the amount of content, but only half, just, just, on, just over half the amount of levels. The levels are much bigger, guys. Uh, and they get bigger and bigger as you progress. A bit of gamification for you. Um, so thank you for your patience, but it's almost here, guys. It's almost here. So for those of you that have made it to the end of the course in its current form and you're wanting more, and we've already had a couple of emails from you guys just be like, come on, come on. You know, I was on, I was on a roll, and then you guys, you know, you guys stopped giving me content. It's coming very, very soon, and we thank you for your patience. But let me just give you a quick rundown. Like Phil's already gone through this, I'm sure, on, a, on another podcast, but um, we it's not just about... We, we had the list of characters and the list of words that, that those characters made a long time ago. Like, uh, well, not a long time ago, three weeks ago. It feels like a long time ago because we've been so busy. Um, but that's the, that's the easy part. You know, it still took a long time, a lot of planning, a lot of research. We've got that. That's the easy part. Then we have to... Actually, no, that's not... That's a lie. It's not the easy part. It's really hard. <laughs> it's not... It's really hard. But in terms of monotonous, laborious labour... Um, it's not too intensive. The next bit we've got to do is build out every single lesson. So we've got about 2,000 more lessons to build by hand, right? Including thumbnails, uh, exact all the text for every single one. Um, we've also got to build out all of the, uh, we've also got to make all of the, uh, the flashcards. All of the flashcards have got to have male and uh, female native audio for every single word, every single character, every single sentence. And then we're going to have to organize them uh, one by one in, in the actual uh, Anki platform. And um, <clears throat> that takes time, you know. So that's our mission this week. We're aiming for getting out by a few days from the time you're listening to this. So. Uh, we'll keep you updated and of course you know we'll we'll send you all an announcement as soon as level 37 is ready oh before i move on to the actual today's content i want to say thank you for uh everyone who got back to us with prop and keyword suggestions so um there are the like i said earlier that props are the the um sort of ideas for uh, objects they could be any 3d thing really any 3d entity um, and they can be they mapped out. They, they they're basically supposed to represent the components in your mind. And the the these can be chosen completely personal based on your preference. Of course, that's what we prefer. But there's a certain guideline that we put in place, which is they should need to be based somewhat directly off of the way that the components look or what the components mean. So. And we, we had, you know, we've got like, we haven't got that many, many new props. We've only got like 150 new props, making like 400 total for, and we won't have many more than that, to be honest, even when we expand to 3,000. That's the next round of expansion, by the way. Um, but we sent out uh, an email to all, everyone who made it past a certain point in the course and said, please, can you help us? Because you guys are so amazing. Um, and like I said, a lot of you are better, way better than us. Um, and almost immediately, as soon as we sent out this email, we put out a Google Sheet that you guys could edit. <laughs> we had like five people immediately just answer all of the props and give these amazing responses. Um, so that's all going into the course. And just one more thing before I jump in, <laughs> one, more, one more thing. 
um, the course is is going to be made so much better by you guys commenting. So all of the comments that you hear me reading, if you enjoy them, if, if it helps you in any way, just remember, you can also, if you're on the course, uh, or if you want to join the course, please do the same. Please comment if you have time. Um, you know, learning Chinese can be time intensive enough and, and tough enough and energy sapping enough, right? But you'll help so, not, you won't be just helping us, you'll be helping the people on the course that come after you. It makes their job so much easier, as well as gives you a little bit of a good feeling that you've done your bit and helped everyone. Oh, oh, doing your bit is, is being there, paying our subscription, right? <laughs> but I mean, you get the idea. So we, we, we thank you very much. Um, please keep the comments coming as usual. So speaking of comments, um, let's jump into props. And I've already explained twice what they are, but in case you, you're still not sure quite what I'm talking about, there's a link to a blog post that explains every section of this podcast in the show notes, okay? So first, for our first prop of the day, we have River Nixon. Um, it's actually my nephew's name, River. Um, for pick a prop for Jan. I actually pronounced this wrong last week. I <laughs> And these sorts of things really bother me when I do this, because obviously I'm supposed to be teaching Chinese, right? <laughs> but this character is pronounced two ways. It's a duo yin zi, duo yin zi, duo yin zi. Means like m many or more than one uh, in sound zi character. More than one many sound character. Um, for obvious reasons, right? It's, it's got, it's, it looks the same, but it's got several pronunciations. Pronunciations. Um, so, the, uh, Jan, when it's a first time, which is how I said it last week, is actually sort of divination, like telling the future, right? Uh, but the way we've got it here, the, the, the meaning we've chosen is, I guess it's, it's, I would say definitely actually, it's its more common meaning of to occupy. Jan, with a fourth tone, that's important. It's not that important. It's not like a massively, massively common word, but still, I don't like making mistakes in Chinese. Um, so, for... Fourth tone, Jan, as in to occupy. River has gone with this. I chose the MTV flag the way it appeared on the moon back in all the 80s and 90s promos. I don't know about you, but MTV occupied a lot of my thoughts and time during these years. Yeah, that was when it used to be all about actual music. <laughs> that was, uh, yeah, that was the sort of heyday. Yeah, great idea. A flag is, is we, we actually suggest a flag so to occupy, sort of a, akin to its meaning, its sort of full meaning of Janling, Janling, which means to well, occupy, as in like a nation occupying another nation, if you like. Um, and we say choose a flag, but one thing that we always say, and most people actually really get this idea, is to make it personal. Don't just choose a flag, because that's forgettable. What flag? Choose your country's flag. Choose the MTV flag. Cho choose a specific flag and it makes it much easier to conjure up in your mind and it stays in your mind much easier too. Because if you do that, it's got emotions around it. And emotions are what really link, our, link us to our memories. It's all about emotion. Uh, another one from River, we've got two more from River actually. Pick a prop for Dai, which means to substitute or replace. I chose Treat Williams in the movie Hair. If you haven't seen the movie, you will understand why. I did look this up, and as you can see next to me, uh, I believe it's replacing his hair with a wig. It must be a wig, right? So that's a good choice. It's also hilarious. Um, and for pick a prop for war, 
which means I or me, which a lot of people understandably can have a tough time because you like to, you, you want to imagine yourself in these scenes a lot. So if you choose a prop that's just me, just, you know, yourself, then it might confuse you later. You might forget it or because it melds into other scenes, right? It doesn't stand alone. But let's see how Rivers handled it. I chose Hodor from Game of Thrones. I think it's safe to say that he was the opposite of selfish. But he works, bec he, he works because throughout most of the show, you think he's saying his name over and over and over. That was like one of the biggest reveals of the show, wasn't it? I'm I just, just an aside. I'm just so excited about I'm currently about halfway through the second Game of Thrones. I decided to stop being lazy and get on it. And I stopped reading Isaac Asimov in Chinese. I, it just wasn't just it either wasn't translated well or maybe the originals aren't that good for me. It's not my style of maybe I tried out a new sort of style sci fi. And I heard Asimov was really good, but um, after iRobot, I just sort of, I, was, I got about three quarters of the way through and I was, this is very, this just wasn't getting me. So I went and started the Game of Thrones, um, the book two, reading it using Link, L-I-N-G-Q.com, one of my favorite apps for learning Chinese. And it's awesome. I can't wait to get to these, these sorts of bits. Oh, wait, I hope I haven't given away spoilers. Oh, well, it doesn't matter. Um, it's like three years old, that, that plot twist. I think you can, you know, you should have, you should have watched it by now if you were going to. Uh, right, so next we've got Ewan Grant for Pick a Prop for R, which is uh, ear. And he's chosen the BFG from the role. Yeah, because he had huge ears, didn't he? Um, Ryan Smith uh, on Pick a Prop for Shao, which means few. So... And it kind of looks like certain things as well. Let's see what he's chosen. Dick Van Dyke's character, Bert, from Mary Poppins, the chimney sweeper instead of the street sweeper. Yeah, because I imagine he's, you know, because he's so dirty, he'll stand out a bit more. Um, better song as well at that point in the movie. <laughs> Great, pick a prop for that. That's really good. Not many uh, props this week. Fine by me, because we can jump straight into our you know, what my favorite bit, which is movies. We can get there quicker anyway. We've got one set to read first though. So sets are locations that you choose that we map out to your pinion finals. And there's only 13 of them. They're placed set as in places you actually lived or spent a lot of time throughout your life and therefore have emotional connections to that make those places sort of come alive in your mind. Uh, Jonathan Pritchard on set the scene for the second set of the order is AN. And he said, my AN is the anchor on a Disney cruise I went on. So outside, outside, I'm standing on the dock by the large anchor. Second is in the industrial kitchen with lots of shouting and bustling. Third is in the tiny cabin. And fourth is the closet-like the closet like bathroom, very cramped. Now, for me, for this one, first of all, I wouldn't recommend purposefully choosing a cramped place for your room. I mean, but sometimes you don't have a choice, right? Because you so want to use this certain set. And I guess you don't really need to worry about it until you start to feel like it's a problem because you could always extend your set uh, or rather you can extend the rooms and the boundaries you choose for your sets. So say your, your bathroom ends up, you think, oh, there's a few too many people in here. I'm going to make it the entire cabin is my fourth tone. And then you could make the hallway your fourth tone as well. 
if that gets full up or you start thinking that's a, that's cramped because let's be honest right a cruise a cruise ship is huge as far as i'm aware a disney cruise by the way fantastic set like really good idea and there's going to be lots of memories and emotions associated with that but um you might want to use the space a little bit better uh but overall awesome just as a tip and something that uh, this is for anyone listening that um, has felt this might be an issue, the issue of space. I used to find it an issue sometimes because I grew up in quite a small house and it's my childhood home. So I just, it's most it's most commonly used if you follow our advice, uh, choosing your childhood home for the null final. Uh, so that would sometimes bother me. Not, not very rarely. Uh, sorry, very, very rarely it would bother me. And it'd be, it, wouldn't, it wasn't ever an actual issue. It would just make me, make me have to think for an extra couple of seconds before making or recalling a, a scene. Um, but I think that uh, a cool, a really cool technique that I saw, which I, I tried a couple of times and it worked, was on the art. I found it on the Art of Memory Forum. The Art of Memory Forum. So that should be appearing at the bottom here. So you're going to, or at least it's fine. You'll find it in the show notes of this podcast because it's a really cool um, memory forum. Obviously, it's lots of good advice, and it's all by people that are really either professionals at this sort of thing, or really avid fans and hobbyists. Um, and one one thing a guy said was, if you find space an issue, shrink, shrink yourself to either half the size or a tenth of the size. So if you find the bathroom's too small, shrink yourself to this big, and then take you let your scene take place next to the tap on the bath. You're just stand, standing on the rim, and you're like, you know, half a foot tall. It works. Your your mind can do all this really cool stuff. Um, perspective might be a challenge for some of you, but you know we're all different. I think I think you'd be able to handle it if that uh, becomes an issue. You know, so you could, that's something you could try, like an emergency technique. Uh, great. So that's thank you for that, Jonathan. And that is our uh, one and only set suggestion this week. Let's jump straight into everyone's favorite part, the movies. So this is where it all comes together. This is where we use character components, uh, actors to rep that represent the pinion initials, the sets, the places that represent the finals, in that case, AN. And it all comes together. They all interact to create the idea of one of the meanings that we've chosen of the character, the keyword. Um, so, Ellery Hall has the first one this week. Zoolander, this is for, sorry, this is for Zuo, as in to sit. Zoolander is setting up a photo shoot in the backyard of my O set. Uh, so it'd be ZU and O. So that would be ZU would be Zoolander and O would be the set. He gets a sword in the stone prop, that's the tool component, soil, the sort of cross with the line below it. And he then has the Siamese twins come and sit themselves on either side of the blade. And that's enough, by the way. That's a fantastic, some fantastic scene. And why is it fantastic? Is it because it involves all this crazy stuff, special effects, awesome, you know, it could involve those later if you wanted to dress it up, but it's got my favorite aspect. Uh, simplicity and the reason why simplicity is my favorite is because it's the most efficient and the most effective way of learning the character that's our goal he's, he's got all of the components used in the right order and position he's got the Siamese twins on top and they're even in exactly the right position as well which is quite a weird sort of side by side separated by the line sort of position as you can see there 
and he's just you know it's just that's it but he's added a, added a little sort of um flash at the end what do you call it uh flourish at the end where he said um after they sit they are situated instead of saying voila zoolander says zo and i guess he's sort of presenting it i haven't seen zoolander in a while so i'm not sure if that's akin to like a, that, that's sort of reenacting a scene from the movie very possibly i've seen it like three times but i can't i can't remember that particular part um, fantastic. Good job. That's what I like to see personally. That's my personal favorite style of scene. Um, now, Ija's also my favorite because <laughs> that's the next movie we've got from Ija. She's, she's very rarely simple in her scenes, but she has so many elements that really it's like four scenes in one. Like, there's so much stuff going on. So there's always something for everyone. Um, hi, Alina. Oh, sorry. So... Uh, this was a comment on one of Ija's uh, posts and Al Alina uh, did a, her own scene for the character Shur, which is to shoot, which we don't actually cover in the current, uh, the current uh, version of the course. It's only, it's going to be in the expansion though. It's character number 1072 actually. Um, and it's, part, it's a very important part of the word, the character xie, as in xie for thank you. And we didn't have sure at the point at that point, so we just split it up into Yenzapang, Shen, and, like as in body, and um, Tun, inch, three components. But Alina, quite smart, she uh, she learned the character sure herself and then had shoot combined with Yen, Yenzapang, very clever. Um, and Alina, uh, Ija has this comment, she says, hi Alina, just finished listening to podcast 49, that's when I believe I read through um, Alina's uh, message there. Thanks for the suggestion. Sure, it definitely fits between 87 and 88, and it's probably the in the original character order due to its low frequency. Exactly. This is fairly low frequency, yes, exactly. We'll move this to the appropriate section. If the make a movie, sure, ever gets added to the course, which it will uh, very soon. For anyone else aiming for HSK 5 and beyond, Sure, to shoot. She's, so she's given her own story now. I love this. I love these conversations between um, our students, clients, whatever we want to call them. Sure. S-H, Sean Connery, in the E place, which is her clinical school, and it's in the backyard because it's fourth tone. Shen, Mr. Muscle, of course. Uh, oh, Plastinated Cadaver from our anatomy lab. Oh, I know what you mean. And Tun measuring tape quick movie sean connery's in the backyard of my clinical school measuring the distance between mr muscle and the place he's standing as he prepares for target practice god i'm rubbish at reading aren't i my tones are off right so measuring the distance between mr muscle and the place he's standing as he prepares for target practice there we go he's preparing for a duel with a certain somebody backstory from relating to her other character schultz and he's not throwing away his shot trial yet. <laughs> very good story, very simple, I like it, lovely. Um, try not to Google image sure in public, and if you do, please, for heaven's sake, have a safe search on. Um, yeah, you'll find that a lot. Um, so yeah, fantastic, well done, great scene. And this is another thing, that Ija does this a lot, and this happens to me, and I'm sure it happens to other people, but Ija's just one of the few people that mentions it in her uh, comments. 
scenes can sort of create a series. They connect to each other because they, you know, characters often com contain similar components. They have the same actors. They have actors that are like just happen to be related in some way, and they end up having a connection. And all sorts of cool stuff like that can happen. So thanks for highlighting that. Uh, we've got one more story uh, scene, or should we say, movie scene from Chad Wrestler for make a movie for fan, which means to go against. Uh, I'm not sure the exact the flip side. Is that, is that the keyword we chose? Oh, I guess, yeah, because you can say fan, mien, like, like the opposite side, the flip side. So it's got a couple of meanings, like a few meanings. Um, all right, so uh, location, grandma's house, actors, Phil, our very own Phil Crimmins, and props, sickle and friend Aaron, uh, right-hand man. So that's the yo component. His friend Aaron. I'm hanging outside at my grand. I'm saying hanging out at my grandma's house with my friend Aaron when Phil Crimmins stops by. He says he's back in the states from China for a little while, but is short on cash. Uh, <laughs> he hands my friend Aaron a sickle and says he got it in Russia and that it forged in Russia in 1917 and used a model for the hammer and sickle in the flag of the Soviet Union. Aaron is standing there holding the sickle when Phil says he will sell it to us for $3,000. Phil is always selling stuff. <laughs> like, he's such a wheeler dealer character in all of Chad's, uh, pretty much all of Chad's scenes that Phil's been in. He's always been this dodgy, like, door to door salesman. Is that how he comes across? You must, let, you must tell me if that's the case. Because we need to talk about his, his sales techniques in that case. Um, Aaron is standing there holding the sickle when Phil says he will sell it to us for $3,000 and that on the flip side of the sickle, Lenin himself signed it. So I guess he's, show, he's turning it over. Visually, you can see that and he's showing that. So that's got to be, that visual aspect of the, the gesture has got to be there somewhere, right? Um, when Aaron turns and looks on the opposite side, we look and we see Made in China. Have a nice little dig. They're very nice, very nice. Nice little, nice little touch. Text doesn't show up very well for me, and for, I guess for a lot of people too. Um, so that's it's very likely that whole made in China bit is going to be forgotten for you eventually. But that's why the idea of gestures and facial expressions and things are going to come in. Like, he's going to be like, what? Like pointing at it like, this is made in China. You can see on his face, that's what he's showing. That's the important part, not actually being able to read the sign, right? Um, well, well done, thank you, uh, Chad, as usual. Now, now we've got some cool uh, emails that we received this week. Kenneth Morgan on Annie Laoshi Review, Compound Final OU and Nasal Final ONG. I've seen several books showing the ONG final pronounced as ong. Oh, well, I'm going to try and say this correct or some way. Oong, like oong, oong. I don't quite know what you're saying, but let's, let's keep going. For example, in Easy Peasy Chinese book, Easy Peasy, they say rough English equivalent to is, is two, as in T-O-O plus N-G. So that'd be toong. The two authors seem highly qualified. Is it just because they're Chinese? Is this a regional pronunciation? Even so, it seems wrong in the general book teaching Mandarin. Sounds very wrong. <laughs> it sounds very wrong. I'm sorry, but is that is that just me with my British accent too? Is that 
two, two, two. Yeah, Americans say two, right? So two, that's still way wrong, man. Ong, oh, oh. I, you know, I'm a, I'm a foreigner, right? I'm a British guy teaching Chinese in a pronunciation course of Chinese. I looked up this stuff really hard to make sure because I, I, I knew, I knew, I knew pretty much all of it anyway. But I went to great lengths to make sure I didn't look stupid. Because <laughs> if I'm, I'm non-Chinese, right? I try and teach a Chinese course about pronunciation and I get it wrong. That's so embarrassing, you know? So I, I went to great lengths. I, I checked several resources for each pronunciation. I spent also spent, well, me and Phil both, because Phil can teach it just as well as I can. Um, we both spent many like hundreds of hours teaching live classes and getting feedback off the information and all this sort of stuff just so i didn't get embarrassed later on i'm sure i've still made some mistakes somewhere i'm not saying i haven't i'm sure there's some things there that are just like not perfect maybe but it's definitely the best pronunciation course that exists um <laughs> so yeah that but that is a big mistake that's like a huge difference like i, I wouldn't miss something like that that's my point is what i'm trying to say i'm not trying to just pick myself up i'm trying to say that i went to great lengths to make sure we didn't make any even like the tiniest tiniest mistakes so, but that's a huge mistake. And, and, and I would say like, I am a native English speaker and I, I would say I have a very native accent, right? I couldn't teach you how to pronounce the L-E and little. I don't know how the heck I do that. I don't, little, like what is that? You know, I can't explain that. And like, um, it sounds like there's a mistake there. I would like to see that book. In fact, I might just pause this right now and have a little look, hold on. I, I looked at, I just, I just took it like five minutes and tried to search about it. I can't find that specifically without buying the book, but I saw a video from um, a Instagram, uh, what do you call them? I don't know what you call them. An Instagram person, uh, elementary Chinese. Um, he does a good review on his YouTube channel of that book. It looks like a nice book. It looks very basic, very basic, like, like the basic of the most basic sort of introduction to China. Chinese culture, Chinese language, uh, things like stroke orders, tones, just very basic stuff. But if you, I couldn't see that written there. If that's written there, that's wrong. But I've got a feeling that no one could be that wrong, right? I mean, just seems, but I'll, I'll, I'll look further into it. Um, and if anyone's got that book, please share the resource. Uh, give me a picture of that, I'd like to see it. Um, that'd be great. So next, uh, we've got another message from Jonathan Pritchard again on self-evaluation, what's your Chinese level? He says, I've been using Duolingo for 260 days. That's fantastic, got some um, really good sort of consistent study habit going on there. That's hard to, that's hard to develop. So, and Duolingo, I've, I've got, before I read any more, I've got to hold my hands up and admit, I've never, I, I, I might have used it, I downloaded it, it's on my phone but I've never properly used it. So I've not got like a review or an idea of what it is, but it's, it's, I, I believe I've heard the stats, it gets like 20 million website hits a month. Like it's, it's insanely popular worldwide. So they must be doing something right, right? Um, he says, so he's been using it for that long. I'm also familiar with mnemonic techniques as I'm a mentalist. Interesting, please get in touch. Talk, we'd like to talk to you more. Um, and memorizing lots of information in a short time is part of my job. That is so cool. 
maybe you can help us improve the course, <laughs> almost definitely. Um, so Jonathan Pritchard, I'll remember that name for sure. When I realized that what this method was and how it communicates all layers of the language simultaneously, I was on board. Happy to be here. Um, happy to have you. And please, uh, let's get in touch. Let's talk. <laughs> um, once you've had a chance to experience the course, I'd really like to see what a professional mentalist, that's what they're called. That's what, <laughs> that's, that's, that's like something my mum would say, like calling me mental. So what are you, a mentalist? Um, but that's awesome, man. Um, great to have a professional mentalist on the course. Wonderful. Now, this is an interesting one from, we haven't heard from Jim in a long time, actually, because uh, he stopped using the course, but we still get emails from him every now and then. We appreciate it. Uh, Jim at Wofford Deju. Hello, Mandarin Blueprint. Here's something that I don't quite understand. When people say they're not good at language X, it usually means they're not good at speaking language X. However, speaking is only one part of the four language skills. There is listening, speaking, reading, and writing. There's also non-verbal language expression through facial expressions, body language, and gestures, which may be particular to some cultures. True. When people say that they're not good at language X, they usually mean they're not good at speaking language X. Is it because speaking is the most direct form of communication and is often seen as the most important language ability or skill? Well, the first thing that comes to my mind with this question is that the main reason for learning a language is, I think pretty much objectively, it's to communicate with other people. So it's not that, yeah, I mean, of course, so speaking is the most important language ability. I guess writing too, because, you know, written communication, texting and stuff, but really speaking with other people, connecting with other people, that's really the whole point. Now, is it the only point? No, of course not. There are other things that you can do with it. Um, like, uh, one thing that comes to mind when I think about this is um, Steve Kaufman, who I mention a lot. He's, uh, he's just, the, oh, he's the creator of Link. I mentioned that earlier, L-I-N-G-Q.com, check it out. I don't get any money for sales, but I should. I'll talk to Steve maybe at some point. Um, he's awesome, he speaks, you know, 72 years old, I think. Speaks like 18 languages on his 18th language, it's crazy. Um, but when it comes to Russian, I remember seeing this video about you know, what Steve said about Russian. He understands 99% of everything he hears and pretty much everything he reads in Russian. He can listen and understand perfectly news discussions, politi political discussions. He can read, um, is it Tolstoy? Or, uh, yeah, he can read all these uh, incredible Russian authors. Um, and that's why he learned Russian. <laughs> you know, it, wa it wasn't primarily, for him, for that particular language, it was not primarily to learn to speak with Russian people. Not that he doesn't like them, but, it just wasn't his reason. He wanted to absorb the language and delve into the real Russian like art. He wanted to in, improve, like uh, experience that. That was his goal. Now he did say as well that he speaks Russian fine, but it's, it's certainly nowhere near as uh, the ratio of his ability, say between input and output, is worse when it, in Russian, or at least it was at the time he made that video, compared to say Spanish or French. Um, and he doesn't care because his purpose is 
his purpose, personal purpose is to consume and enjoy the content, not necessarily to communicate. Um, so it's the, uh, my answer to that question or that comment rather is, oh, it's a question, <laughs> is that speaking is objectively the most important. It's the main reason why we learn language is to communicate and connect with people it, that speak that language. And that's where you're going to find the most value, both monetarily and otherwise, uh, which I've talked about in that uh, video I was on. I was I did on the bench when I was speaking Chinese. Remember that one? If you I don't know if you've seen that, it's on YouTube. Um, and I meant everything I said because it's about connecting with people. But if you have personal preferences that aren't necessarily that, that's fine. You know, it's a, you choose your reason, whatever keeps you getting out of bed or whatever keeps you getting out your flashcards, whatever keeps you practicing and meeting up with your tutor, um, whatever keeps you reading Game of Thrones, <laughs> well, just Game of Thrones, um, whatever, whatever motivates you, find your motivation and follow that, you know, don't worry about what everyone else is doing. Uh, a couple more emails here. We've got one from uh, David J. Rathbone. He says, uh, again, thank you for the fast reply. We're pretty good with our customer service, I must say. Uh, currently, I'm using Fluent U, and that's another. I've got to say, uh, Fluent U looks amazing, by the way. Um, Fluent U is. I haven't again. I haven't used it fully. I must say, and not yet. I plan to at some point just to test it out and see what it is. But I know what it is. But I mean, uh, experience it properly as a as a consumer. It uses. It's a, it's quite a cool idea. It uses. Um, real life adverts, I think TV shows as well maybe, I'm not sure if that's legal, but I don't think they do that, but they, they video content from the target language you're looking to learn, and they use subtitles, and they can you can choose to analyze the individual words and characters in the subtitles based on what you already know. There's tons of lessons and stuff like that, it looks really good. Um, he says, I'm currently using FluentU as a yearly subscriber and on my second year with them, I'm also simultaneously using Yo-Yo Chinese and Mandarin Corner. So I'm doing three courses at the same time because I want to hit the learning process from all angles. There is a reason for this need to use several courses at the same time. For example, this one day I saw the same word in all three courses but in different sentences, in different videos and I was finally able to understand how that word could be used in different applications. This is where Mandarin Blueprint comes into play. It will offer me a new approach and the novelty of that approach is important. Besides this, none of the other courses really teaching characters. So yes, I'm certainly going to buy your course in the very near future. I like the yearly subscription that will be available soon. Um, so that's first of all, let me just address that. That's, uh, that's good to hear. That's great to hear. Um, I, I, I completely agree as well. You like diversifying your resources is very important not only that but constantly looking for new stuff not like you're putting lots of pressure on yourself because that that's not fun but just be interested like uh, follow your interests and in looking for new things all the time and yes having this having several resources which by the way you should pay for now i, I know <laughs> i might sound like i'm being a bit biased here because i you know i sell courses in chinese but i'm not talking about necessarily giving us money, but I mean, you, there's this whole idea about everything's for free nowadays as well. And I was the same, I fell for the same trap. I, oh, it's not for free, I got paid $5 a month. 
for this thing that does uh, its job really well. I don't want to do that. <laughs> and I remember I was I, I remember I stopped uh, sort of quibbling over these little sort of ten dollars here, twenty dollars a month here, thirty dollars a month here, because it's still way more effective and way 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 cheaper than some rubbish university course that doesn't really work or some you know, 40, 50, 60, $70 textbook in Chinese that just makes you hate the language instead of makes you actually enjoy it and learn it. So what is, you know, you think about an $80 textbook, you know, or a, uh, a $10,000 uh, annual tuition or whatever it is for a rubbish course, you know, what's $100 a year for an app, you know, that does really well, that you find fun Try it out for thirty days, and, and, and you know, you know, at, at least you know. I'm not, again, I'm not talking about us. I'm not trying to sell our own stuff here. But you should try us. But I'm saying, just generally, be willing to spend a little bit. Be willing to spend, you know, because um, it's not that much. I'm talking like a hundred dollars a month for fluency in Chinese, you know, in total, maybe if you want. Um, and when I started doing that, and I set aside a specific amount of money that I'm going to invest in anything when it comes to buying comic books in Chinese or whatever, um, tutor, tutor lessons, everything combined, I got a budget. And I said, okay, I'm gonna blow that budget on Chinese only this month. And if I have something left over at the end of the month, I'm gonna use it for next month's budget. And I'll buy, I'll buy a book at the end of the month if I have something left. Um, anyway, that's just my idea. I don't, I don't wanna start, start getting into finances because trust me, I have no right to be talking about how to spend your money. I'm awful. Um, yeah, so fantastic, great idea. Diversification, that is how you stay motivated and interested. And I think I mentioned this earlier, our course works incredibly well as a core to your other study. It's like the base because characters are the vital base, the, the foundation, whether you like it or not. I don't care what what um, uh, what methodology you believe in. You have to learn how to read, and characters are. You have to learn characters to learn how to read, right? And we have the best way of learning characters, hands down, as well as all the other stuff we have. I'm doing it again, aren't I? Sorry, sorry, sorry. We're awesome. Um, next, he says. I've been a student for about three and a half years now, and I got my first start with Fluence. Is it Fluence? I never know how to pronounce that. Fluence Mandarin, not to be confused with Fluent U, yes. Fluence is very different. I believe it's a video course similar to us. Fluence Mandarin left us students at the doorstep of lower interme intermediate, but wow, what a great course that was. The thing is that the director of that course told me that because it was not selling well, they couldn't afford to make more advanced levels. If you go to their website, you can see that the other courses, Spanish, French, Portuguese, German, etc., have five levels, whereas Mandarin only has three. This forced me to look for other sources of study, and I'm happy that I've discovered Mandarin Blueprint. David. Well, David, welcome to, to you as well. I'm happy you're here. And thank you for your message, and please give us more emails, comments, um, I hope you don't mind me <laughs> sharing your emails as well. Uh, don't worry, anything private I won't share. Um, but that's awesome, man. I'm really happy to have you. And I look forward to seeing your progress. I always, I, when it comes to people like that, people that are clearly engaged and they understand what it takes, they understand that it takes uh, investment of both, not only just money, but also time um, in order to make progress. 
I'm, I'm really excited about these people coming to the course because they usually make a fantastic progress in a very short amount of time. Um, and we just got one last comment from Roseanne Bishwakarma from email. She says, thank, uh, Dear Luke and Phil, I cannot thank you enough for coming up with this innovative system. I, told, I, I would totally love to help you out, I think that means. Also, just to be clear, uh, you're going to release a new level each week, as I just said. So are you not going to unlock all the characters at once? No, as, as I said, it, it takes a lot of work. And we'd rather, drip, rather than make you wait another five months, we'd rather drip feed you the lessons. You know, that's fair, the levels rather. Just asking because <laughs> I'm addicted to the course and I think that one level a week might not be enough. Uh, the levels are getting bigger, Roseanne, but I mean, still, like, I'm very impressed with that attitude. In any case, keep up the great work. You have certainly changed my approach to learning Chinese and infused me with new motivation for life. Wow. Seeing small progress every day in one area of your life also really affects other areas of life, and I think I've become more disciplined a person because of you guys. All the best from Taipei, Roseanne. Thank you so much. Awesome to see. I love that. I love that because I'd say learning Chinese, especially in the way that Phil and I have done it, it's had a similar effect on me. Like when I first came to China, man, I, I did not expect myself to be able to create and start, start and create and develop a business. That's just that's insane. And I think the discipline that came from that, that makes me get up and do this for 10, 12 hours a day, every day, almost every day, is is a lot to do with the discipline that I developed whilst learning Chinese. The ability to just stare at something for a long time and focus on it and uh, focus towards a motivated goal. And it's, yeah, and it, and it, I guess it does. It did affect me in other areas of life and I'm glad that it's done the same for you, Roseanne. And what a great way to finish the podcast. I mean, that's, that's fantastic. Um, guys, thank you so much again this week for all of your emails, all of your comments. Keep them coming, as usual, please. We love hearing from you and we read and answer every single email, every single comment eventually. <laughs> the, the emails we answer quickly, very quickly, at contact at mandarinblueprint.com or podcast at mandarinblueprint.com or just contact us straight, straight through the uh, homepage of the website. You can get in touch with us all sorts of ways. Um, so yeah, thank you very much, guys, and uh, I'll speak to you in a couple of weeks. Cheers, bye.